Welcome to the Awakening Zone. <laughs> Welcome to the Crimson Circle. I'm Linda Hoppy, and I'm here with my dear partner, Jeffrey Hoppy, and he is going to channel, I think, Adama Sajraman. Okay, but you never always know. Okay, so welcome. There are people that are joining us from all over the world, and some of you are listening in from the Awakening Zone. Some are listening from Blog Talk Radio, and others from the Crimson Circle. Not only are there many of you listening, equally, if you are watching from the crimsoncircle.com, the shout this month, you can be watching the video and not miss a beat or a detail of this amazing and fun presentation. So, I hope you're all ready for Adama Sajraman. Are you ready? Yes. And that's our local audience here in Coal Creek Canyon. What an exciting bunch. They have been eating chocolate and snacks from the break from the opening, but now they're ready just like you are for Adama Saint-Germain. So, if you're ready, let's open with a little breathing. Okay. And then a little music and then Adamas. Thank you, Norma. This magical moment. Can you feel this? We've been hearing thunder. We've had some sprinkles. This moment, filled with the magic, so much magic. Adama's energy fills the room for each one of us, whether you're here in person or out in the other realms. He's with you. Can you feel this love affair? that he is offering you. Will you breathe this in just for you? Receive it. Breathe it all the way down into the core. Feel this as you sink and settle down into your body. Yes, down into the depths of you. With deep, deep stillness as his joyous laughter, his great love, sharing with each one of us. Will you breathe it in? Deep, slow breaths. As you slow down your breathing, it allows you to receive so differently. Will you let you receive? Breath at a time, breath at a time, deeper and deeper, down, down into the intimate space so that you and Adamas can have a moment of stillness, a moment of connecting. Breathe so deeply. Breathing gently. Yes. Yes. Deeper and deeper. Just for you. For you. Yes. For you. Thank you. 
I am that I am. Adamus of a free and sovereign domain. Ah, take a good deep breath. Get all of these energies grounded. Hmm. Takes a moment for us to make that final transition into your realms, to be here directly with you. Take a good deep breath. Did you feel how the energy changed so beautifully and quickly as we entered into this shout? Mm. Finally, some halfway decent music. <laughs> a warning before we get going with today's discussion and further transformation of energy for those who are watching in live, new for the first time. Curiosity seekers, you may want to turn off your internet now. Why? Why? Because this is <laughs> this is a very special gathering. This is not typical New Age. This is not spiritual toe-dabbling. This is a group of humans here in Colorado, all around the world who are dedicated to their enlightenment in this lifetime while staying in the body. What we go through is life-changing and not always easy. What we go through with this group called Shambra is true. It will bring you to your truth. Isn't that true, Pete? It will bring you to your knees if it has to. It will bring you to the depths of hell and the heights of heaven. But it is transformational. It's not for everyone. Not at all. No, not at all. So if you're just curious, if you're looking to steal some energy, if you're here just to go out in the zone, if you're here to suck off of the channel energy, Tune out now, because it could hurt later. <laughs> Welcome, Shambro. Welcome to this last Shoud in the Freedom Series. Ah, last Shoud in the Freedom Series. Freedom. What do they say? Freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. Are you there? Anything, anything you have left to lose that we need to clear out today? <laughs> Here we are in the Freedom Series. And ultimately, this word enlightenment is really just freedom. Freedom. To be yourself. To be your full expression, free of the things that would hold you back, keep you in your own crystal prison. Free to be the I Am, beholden to no one. No one. Not even some God. Amazing, isn't it? You always think, well, I can let go of the parent thing, or the teacher thing, or the angelic thing, or all of these other levels, but isn't there always that God I'm beholden to? Not in the purity of God, no. Because Spirit, the Eternal One, gave you itself with no rules, no regulations, 
no checking in, no curfew or anything else, said, go and be as you want to be. Be the I Am. That's a lot of responsibility. It's something actually, as we discussed starting several years ago, there's a lot of humans that really don't want their freedom. They want an easier life, but not necessarily true freedom. But you, you, I believe, have chosen that. You have taken that responsibility. And it's not always easy, this thing called enlightenment. Probably a lot more difficult than what you ever thought it was going to be like. A lot more difficult. So many expectations. And that's what we're going to talk to about today in this last of the Freedom Series. The expectations, those few really difficult and challenging things that are still remaining. Few difficulties, roadblocks. We're going to do some discussion. We're going to take some deep breaths and hopefully move beyond those. This thing called enlightenment, not so easy at all. I think there was a perception on the human level what it was going to be like. And it wasn't that way at all. And that's a good thing. Because the last thing that you or your I am would ever want was the human aspect designing your enlightenment. <laughs> the thoughts are quickly going through the mind of what <laughs> an awkward creation that would have been. <laughs> filled with mistruths, filled with imbalances, filled with, well, some things that we're going to talk about today. But yes, if the human was left to design and, uh, and to allow this thing called enlightenment, I don't think ultimately it would really be about enlightenment, because there would be limitations. If you, if you sat down and said, this is how I'm going to get to enlightenment, and this is what enlightenment is, there would have been so many limitations, and so many biases and imbalances, and the human would have continued its energy feeding. A human would continued to try to glorify its human identity other than its I am identity. A human would have become very vulnerable to all of the other elements around mass consciousness, its own past, its, its mind, its analytical versus creative way of thinking. So it's a good thing that it wasn't the human design, the human aspect part of which is sitting here today. The human aspect that you are, fortunately, has been allowing this thing called enlightenment. Far different, far, far different than designing it or thinking it. Just allowing it, that allowing, that assuming that we talked about in our last shout, it takes tremendous trust, and very, very few people will ever get to that level of trust. I know it's difficult at times. I'm nearby 
so often at night when you're going through some of the worst, when you're going through that inner torment that you go through. But I'm so proud of each and every one of you that you can, in the midst of those storms, you can take a deep breath. And from the purest part of yourself, take a deep breath and say, I am that I am. No longer trying to fight these inner battles or inner demons. No longer trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. No longer trying to craft or design your own enlightenment, but taking a deep breath, taking a good deep breath, saying, I am that I am. One of the difficulties about being where you are at with the realization of your enlightenment, and I say the realization because the enlightenment is already there, and you know that. It's the realization or the awareness of your enlightenment. It's the allowing of what is already within you. One of the difficult parts about being at, you could say, this stage or in this um, experience of the realization is that there's very, very little guidance at this point. Very little guidance. And that's a good thing. You've got a little bit of guidance, and, uh, per, but perhaps more provocation from me and from some of the other angelic beings. But please realize that there are not that many human or angelic beings who have ever realized and accepted their true sovereignty. You call it being an Ascended Master. Very, very few – a little over 9,000 – more on the way. Yes, well, through you, of course. More in the way, but very, very few. So how could some of the beings who are in service to humanity, and some who say they are in service to humanity but are more in service to themselves, how could they possibly be working as your guides right now? Because they don't know. I'll tell you, there are many little inner dialogue here. We're just going to go forward. There are many channeled entities, wonderful, beautiful entities, that are being channeled through humans these days, but they have not gotten to where you are in their own freedom, in their own sovereignty. They're still searching, just like you, just because they're from a different dimension or some mothership or they had an illustrious, famous past life, doesn't mean that they understand any more than you do. You're at the point in your experience of realization, as tough as it may be at times, you're at that point where there's very little guidance, because there are very few who can actually guide you at this point, who actually understand what you're going through and why you're going through it. Very, very, very few beings, angelic or otherwise, who, who <laughs> who really understand. Furthermore, the ones who do understand, 
they know it's time to take a few steps back, to let you go through the discovery yourself. Now, it seems like a little bit of a bad deal going through enlightenment, as torturous as it is and beautiful as it is at times, to suddenly hear you have very, very little guidance. We meet once a month. I come and talk to you every few days, depending on your level of distress and drama and how much you use all caps in your communications with me, <laughs> which of course I don't mind, but I wasn't a Virgo. As a matter of fact, I'm going to keep today's session a little shorter than usual. And so he says, because today is my birthday. In my lifetime as Saint-Germain, this was the date of my birth. So I keep this um, as my celebrate – a Leo, of course. <laughs> I keep this as my celebrated birthday. So we have a little entertainment, a uh, little party at the Ascended Masters Club this evening. <laughs> Not to cut you short, but it is my birthday. No, I don't want you to How say it. How <laughs> old are you? How old are you? That's not a nice How question. <laughs> How old are you? I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Fifty-eight. La la la. Well, I am about three hundred and eight. Ooh. So. <laughs> Actually, I look better. Uh, this is Caldra. <laughs> so where were we? We're talking about very – oh, I was on a serious note there – very little guidance at this point, and that's a good thing. As difficult as it is at times, and as often as you call out to beings to come and help you, you notice that not many really come around. It's like calling out in the darkness. Not that you aren't being heard, but they understand that you have to go it on your own. <sighs> difficult, isn't it? Difficult. Years ago with Tobias, you gave up your regular guides. You've given up so many of the beings who you connected with. And the beauty of that is that you get to make your own choices in darkness sometimes. You get to make your own choices. And when it's really your choice, not influenced by angelic beings, not influenced by uh, some sort of uh, grand masters, not influenced by anything else, even other people, when you get to make your own choices, you get to feel the depth and the truth of those choices. It brings you to greater depths. It brings you beyond your typical drama analysis, which is oftentimes used when you're facing a situation, trying to make a choice, and you feel, from a drama standpoint, you feel into the projected outcomes of the certain potentials or scenarios. It's a semi – it's an intellectual emotion that you put into making those choices. And you feel, then, the outcome. 
when you are without the guidance, like you are now, you have to go deeper. You have to go beyond just the drama or the fear. Oftentimes choices are made simply in fear, simply which is the least fearful of all the scenarios in front of you. An interesting thing happens also at this point in your experience. The fear of death used to be the thing that uh, you ran from the most, and you avoided. When making these drama or these emotional decisions, you would take a look and say, will this one potentially lead to death, especially painful death? And if so, you avoided that potential. It's interesting to note that for many of you now, death isn't really even a factor. Not even a factor. It's in a, in a way because you've gone through the darkest dark night of the soul, and some of you even not sure you want to be here anymore. Some of you even thinking that death is going to provide resolution, which it does not. It does not. Doesn't suddenly make you terribly insightful and all your problems go away. It just means you're dead. Dead. Everything else is still there. So you might as well figure it out or allow it right here. But you would make choices based on these uh, emotional factors, of fear factors. You go for the least of the fearful. But you're going beyond that now. You're taking a deeper dive into your own truth. You're doing it from the perspective of this thing you call enlightenment or freedom. What's going to free you? What's going to allow the greatest level of awareness? What's going to allow the integration of the I am into your life? If you had a lot of guidance, and some of you still call on it now and then, but if you had a lot of guidance for the issues in your life, you would still be deferring to others. And there are very very few you can hide but you can't run <laughs> there are very very few who really understand so this is a good thing and i know at times it feels lonely at times you feel that nobody's listening first of all i am but i don't necessarily respond other than perhaps once in a while a little provocation, once in a while, a whisper, I am. Remember that. I am. Just that little whisper. Have you noticed how resilient you are? How resilient? You can go through some of the worst. That's an amazing thing about anyone who's ever been in human form, something that the other beings really don't understand. The resiliency of a human. We could also call it just stubbornness <laughs> or determin yay determination. Yay us. Yay, yay us. But the resilience, the ability to go through difficult situations, uh, uh, life, perhaps life taking situations, situations with other people that have what you feel are huge implications life-threatening things, and you're able to allow your way through them. Allow with 
the I am continence within yourself and bounce back and smile on top of that. Yes, it's been difficult. Yes, I know, I understand that there are times where you just want to give up. Somehow, even in those darkest moments, you're able to remember to take a deep breath. You're able to remember that I am. I exist. Yes, I exist. So therefore, all things are possible. As you, as we go forward, you'll find there's even less outside guidance. You'll come to truly appreciate that. Come to truly appreciate yourself. Of course, we'll continue meeting like this, but some of the other beings that you've relied on, and some of them being real, some of them being um, your own creations, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> you know what I mean. <laughs> Aspects that you create uh, as as outside beings who really aren't outside beings, or really inside beings. That's fine. But there's going to be less of that, and more discovery of your truth. That's a good, good, good thing. So, enlightenment, freedom. A lot of expectations about this thing called enlightenment. You got onto this boat of enlightenment a couple thousand years ago. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Uh, <laughs> and we haven't stopped paddling. <laughs> Been on this path uh, of enlightenment for a while, for a variety of reasons. If you feel back into it, going back a thousand, some of you much longer, than, or two thousand, some of you much longer than that. Why? Why? Had, you had a lot of human incarnations. You went through some of the grand eras of humanity. You've been had lifetimes that where you were, let's call it famous or rich. Other lifetimes where you swept manure out of a stable. Lifetimes when you died, when you were very, very, very young. Lifetimes when you were killed or you killed other. All of that. But why? What what started this whole thing? It's it's not from up. There. There's no um, control panel up in heaven that's saying, okay, it's your time for enlightenment. It was you. It was the I am. Through its aspects, its incarnations, that at some point said, it's time. To feel back into that for a moment, not the details, but the essence of that. This thing that started you on a path of thousands of years and many, many lifetimes. Boredom with the uh, regular human lifetime? Because after a while, I'd say after a couple hundred lifetimes, they're all pretty much the same. They truly are. Was it, was it boredom? Was it, was it that it was so difficult? So damn difficult going through the human experience, fearful, painful. You just couldn't bear it anymore. It's not a bad reason. What was it that 
brought you to this. I brought you to ultimately some lifetimes in the churches or religious orders. Lifetimes not so long ago when you threw it all out, said no more groups, no more organizations, no more rhetoric, no more books, sacred texts or any of that. You walked away from all of it. And then this lifetime, we come back into this very loosely organized but delightful group called Chambra. What was it that got you going on this? You know, it's something that you take for granted, but most other humans haven't even gotten to that point. Most other humans never contemplate why, have no clue what I am really means. Most humans digest a little bit of the rhetoric from the church. There's a God in heaven, you live, you die, you hope you, you make the grade. But few really dive deeply into themselves, as you have done. Some would call you selfish. Some would say, look at all this attention you're giving yourself. Look at, look at all of your indulgence. I would say that every human is going to do that sooner or later. The inner awareness. You can't help it. It's, it's natural. Sooner or later, that inner self, that I am, will call forth will say, let's do it. Let's do it. What was it, going back a couple thousand years, that did it for you? Feel into that for a moment, and I'm not asking you to be psychic or even, even to recount the details, but there's something very important in your personal Akashic records. There's no global, universal Akashic. It's all personal. There's something in there. What was it? And if you're not able to feel into it right now, do this later. When you lay down tonight or sometime next week, when you're out taking a walk, what was it? Now, it was actually a series of things that led up to a very definitive point, a very definitive choice. And the question is, as we end this Freedom Series, that thing that motivated your soul, you, to begin this beautiful journey into the discovery of the I Am. question is, has it been fulfilled? I'm not saying necessarily the realization of the I Am, but the reason. Was it because you were bored? Was it because there was fear? Was it because perhaps you saw or met a being like Yeshua that so inspired you, 
that so affected you. And of course, remembering that Yeshua is, was you. It was almost like seeing a part of your future self. The question is, now, here we are in this new era. Has that been answered? Has that initial question, motivation, has that thing that got you into this path, has that been fulfilled? It would be interesting, and I ask those of you who are uh, uh, key hawkers in particular who are journaling and anyone else uh, who is journaling, write this down in, in this next month. That's that, yes, that is a homework assignment, if you choose. Write it down. You're going to be amazed, perhaps even overwhelmed, at the answer. And the answer is not going to come from me or Andra or any other being. So don't look out to them for that answer. It's going to come from right here. It would be an amazing revelation. It will be a discovery. Next. Enlightenment. A lot of expectations about oh, – we get serious when this comes out. <laughs> it's like, oh, everyone's like, oh, oh. Expectations of enlightenment. This past started, whether it was a couple thousand years ago or a couple hundred. You come into this lifetime, there was a somewhat of an inner choice, uh, a, a high potential that you're going to realize enlightenment in this lifetime. The human self kind of follows along with it. It's kind of like in, in your spiritual DNA. Okay, enlightenment, realization in this lifetime. Really, everything since that moment you were born, I should say, from the moment you infused your energy into this physical body, because there's a huge difference between the moment of birth, the physical birth, and the moment of it's really uh, integration. And it could be months after the physical body. I am amazed at all of these discussions from about the pro-life and pro-choice, and it's – it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But it's good drama, and it's great guilt. Oh, it's some of the best guilt. It's, it's one of the biggest buttons that uh, some people used to push other people's buttons. But I digress. What was my point? Here we are in enlightenment. Ever since you were infused, ever since you integrated your essence into this physical body in this lifetime, it has been about enlightenment. Everything. You can look back. You can write down your, your, the history of this lifetime. It's all been about enlightenment. And the funny thing is – it's funny to me, but not to you – the funny thing is, is that there were no mistakes. Yeah. The funny thing is, you couldn't make a mistake if you tried. The funny thing is, you pretend that you can make mistakes and that you still, that you still can. You pretend that there's these choices out there, and one – door number one is a real bastard. Door number two is kind of not so good, but it's relatively safe. Door number three could be amazing insights 
but it could also drop you into the pits of hell forever, like an eternity, forever. So you pretend you've accepted some vast consciousness programming that you can make a mistake. Guess what? You can't. You really can't. You can't. You can actually – I've said this before – you can actually set your rudder for a direction you know is not right, you know is not compatible with your being intentionally. And guess what? It's just going to get redirected over to your true path. Your true path, by the way, is not your nice girl or nice boy path. And you got that kind of screwed into there that you have to do, make the choice that's the nice thing, be the nice boy or the nice girl. It's not. Sometimes in enlightenment, it just is not pretty. It's not nice. It's, it's, others won't like you at times. But it is the right choice for yourself. Why is that? Why is that? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> because mass consciousness wants certain conformities, wants you to do things a certain way. A lot of your parents wanted you to just be a nice kid and then take care of them when they got old. Your, your teachers wanted you to be nice. Why? Well, it's easier for them. So a lot of choices were made on this uh, basis of being nice, doing the right thing, uh, the nice thing. Back to the point, a lot of expectations of enlightenment. The question I ask today is uh, let, let's take the perspective. Let's take the perspective that we're on New Earth, one of the New Earths. Where you are teaching the angelic beings who are about to enter into Earth and a physical body for the first time ever, which you actually really, really do. You're talking to them now about enlightenment. You're in the advanced class. You're, you're, you're an advanced teacher and professor. You're talking about enlightenment, and you're talking about from your perspective, having gone through it, the expectations that you, the human, had of enlightenment versus the reality. So here you are teaching. Let's say you have a class of, oh, let's say 100 and 144. You're teaching the class. You have a nice custom-designed podium, a scratch here. <coughs> You're teaching the class of, of these new ones. They're going to be coming to Earth, entering into the physical body in the next six months. So time is of the essence. And you're now going to talk to them. Your class is titled The Expectations, The Human Expectations of Enlightenment. What are you going to tell them that your human expectations were? Linda's going to grab the microphone and ask you. What were, your, what were your human expectations of enlightenment? That everybody would like me. Everybody would like you. And? They don't. Some really don't. 
I got to kiss you for that one. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. You don't have to raise your hand, but you can if you want. How many of you thought, as you got into enlightenment, you got to be this glowy spiritual being, everybody would like you? Oh. Yeah, except for some very honest ones in the back. Some, you know, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Oh, and how are we going to do this, Linda? Would you prefer to write or run? Microphone or writing board? I like running. Running. Okay. So, uh, Billy, would you mind writing? All caps today, please, just to annoy Carl. Dr- <laughs> Why all caps? To annoy Mr. Virgo. Uh, so, um, uh, let's see. The first one is everyone w- uh, expectations of enlightenment as a headline, all caps. Everyone would like you, and the fact is, there's going to go through a period you have. Some of you, some of you are still in the midst of it. That they don't like you at all. What did we talk about last month? Being a bitch, uh, being irritable, having no tolerance or no patience for what you know is obvious. Crap and drama anymore. Well, they're not going to like you. What's wrong with you? When did you get on this high throne? <laughs> high thrones are really nice. <laughs> Good. What else? That's a great one to start with. Here we go. Yes. Stand what up. else? Please stand up. That everything would be easy. Easy. <laughs> really? Why? Why would you think everything would be easy? Who told you that? What book did you read that in? <laughs> Everything would be easy. Why not? I'm enlightened. It's just come to me with no trouble. Yeah. Good. And, and is it? Not so far. Not so far. <laughs> I'm going to wait to tell you later, all of you, why not? Yes. But good. Thought it would be easy. What part of you, the human part of you, thought it would be easy? Actually, the funny thing is, uh, you'll laugh when I say this, but actually it is. Ha ha ha! Actually, that's so funny. I forgot. There'll come a day very soon (coughs) when you say to me, "That was so damn easy. I just wished I'd known at the time." (laughs) You got it. Yeah. Promise. Now. It is easy for the Spirit. It's really easy. It's not easy for you, the human. Why? (laughs) Well, I guess I'm not enlightened Would you mind standing up? (laughs) Edith, you're next. (laughs) You read my mind. (laughs) Okay. because of doubt. And because of doubt, sure. Yeah, sure. and the butts. Yeah, and the butts. And, and the, the human wanting to protect the human. Because really, in, in a funny way, there's a parallel with uh, what you call the spirit or the, the, the I am and the human. And they start out on this enlightenment path kind of together, in step with each other. But suddenly it starts to go in different directions because the human wants popularity and we're going to discover in a moment a lot of money it wants to <laughs> it wants to uh, build a shrine to itself it doesn't want to die mm. it will go on forever ever mm. it wants to be the most glorified human of all beings 
So it reaches, the human reaches a plateau in uh, the realization of enlightenment. In other words, when you first get into this, when you, when you read that book or went to a class or first got into it, it was like, the exuberance of the human, oh, finally salvation and I found something and, and boy, this is going to make things easy and boy, am I going to use my magic powers to you know, make sure nobody screws with me anymore. Mm. But the human reaches its level, its limit in, in enlightenment. Spirit keeps going. That inner I am keeps going. And then develops this struggle and war between the two. Well, actually, it's not between the two, it's just the human warring. Spirit doesn't care. Mm -hmm. The soul self doesn't really care. But the human is, will try to drag that the I am, the, the, the truth and the essence, back down to its level. That's not going to happen. human finds itself in terrible misery, drama, disarray, broke, bad health, until it finally says, you know what? I'm not real good at this enlightenment thing, and I guess my agenda was off from the very beginning. I guess when I started, I as the human really started getting into this, I was actually kind of using all this spiritual stuff just for the glorification of self, mm -hmm. just to make myself a little smarter, a little younger, a little richer. And finally, the human says, you know, I'm just going to allow. That's the grandest thing of all. <laughs> Here I am. Here I am teaching oh, my class. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I get so excited about Edith, it. Edith, you're yes. next. I yes. will go get a quickie. Yes. Oh. I just got a coffee bath. I don't think that was coffee, but you got a bath. You got a baptism. Yes. <laughs> An enlightenment <Good>. baptism. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, uh, Good. Pass the ammunition. <laughs> Next. What were your expectations of enlightenment? Um, I don't know if I really had any. I, was, I just wanted to discover who I really was and who I am. But, and good. Let's stop right why there. Why the hell I'm not rich. And, uh, no, no, let's stop at the first. <laughs> I like that one. We'll write that down. Discovering of who I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's... This, this question, by the way, Edith, you've been asking yourself for many lifetimes in a beautiful way. Who am I? Uh, not, not that, you know, who am I, but who am I? What can I be? So it's a, such a beautiful question. And yes, now, do you have the answer to that? I am that I am. Who whispered that to her? I know who I am. I, I, I'm a being, and because I am that I am, yes. I receive. Boy, it sounds like so something straight out of my textbook. Yes, you're right. It I is. I didn't feel any heart in there, my dear. I am that I am. Getting there. I am that I am. And I even love you most of the time. And what about those other times? I get pissed at you. Moi? Moi. Then I'm doing my job. Thank yes, you. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So the discovery of who I am. And Edith, in spite of the challenges and the difficulty, has it been a beautiful experience? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Would you go back? No. No. And how are you going to go forward? 
Well, you know, I'm, my birthday, I'm a Leo also, and my birthday's in a few days, and uh, I'm getting to be a lovely age, and, you know, I may just walk over and come visit you. Yeah, and then go back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or we could meet in the middle. Or, I, or we'll, I'll see you on the new Earth or in, on the, new, the moon, yeah. you know, wherever we're but teaching. you have, uh, obviously, another 30, 40, 60 years to go. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Here you are, teaching on the new earth, teaching these new ones, and you learn that you... <laughs> do we have to do this now? Yes. She doesn't no, want to break no. the rug. It's part of enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> But you got Caldra's feet. Oh, you think that was an accident? <laughs> <laughs> and um, while you're back there what with cream, like? coffee? With? Um, with a cream. Uh, or, or chai. Chai? Yeah, right. <laughs> I thought this was a New Age group. <laughs> coffee would be good. <laughs> Organic chai. Yes. Yeah, right. Uh, so where were we? Oh, um. Yes. So, wouldn't you like the gift of another 60 years on this planet? Well, uh, if I could, uh, maybe I need to finish rejuvenating myself and uh, bring in all my abundance and my new car. Your issue is abundance, huh? Yeah, I got to hang up on abundance, evidently. That's that's unfortunate because that's so small compared to the the real issues, the real issues, yeah. Yes. So we'll talk about those in just a bit. Next. Thank you. Thank You're you, dear. welcome. Yes. My Always pleasure. a delight being with you. Edith, you can Always. pass that to Ditto. Joanne. Joanne. Are you coming to my birthday party tonight? Yes. Good, good. You know where it is? We also celebrate. Yes. Did you get an invitation? <laughs> we'll move this out of the way so we don't spill anymore. Good. Thank you, Edith. Thank you. Uh, you all have got invitations, of course. Yes. And it's at the Ascended Masters Club. Number one sovereign way, heaven. Yes. Starting at midnight. Yes. At midnight. Well, of course. Of course. Yeah. Good. Next. Expectations of enlightenment. Yes. Oh, microphone. Hi. I just thought I would be a bigger human, you know. Stand taller then. professional and, you know. Oh, really? You know, just a bigger Really? Like like, uh, heading a major corporation and... Well, I do. My job's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... (laughs) <laughs> What's your title? Um, wellness coordinator, manager, assistant to the doctor. So I've got several titles. Do you have a, a, a title that says assistant? Yeah, well, I assist her. When she's not there, I represent her. You assist? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Aren't you really doing it? Yeah, yeah okay, I am. <laughs> exactly. So for all of you who have titles, uh, business cards that say assistant, coordinator, uh, or mid-level manager. <laughs> No, not acceptable. Thank you. We don't need any more employees quitting. Will you shut up? Give them all a better title. Okay. 
I only use that title when they All ask. All vice presidents, so. uh, executive vice presidents, absolutely. So uh, you thought it would be bigger. Yeah. You thought you would be would be grander. Grander, yes. Like and I'm still living in me, on the Riviera. But I'm a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Like your own yacht. Yeah. yeah. Really? Well, why didn't Why didn't you manifest those things? I don't know, because I'm kind of digging what I'm doing. Uh, so. Go to the bathroom. Oh. Give me the microphone. Oh. I heard the oh. dirty word, so you go to the dirty place. Go back there. Oh. Just say no. She said, I don't know. Oh. That's toilet talk. Oh. Metaphysical crap. Oh, that was good. I like that. Good. Clever. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> so, why didn't you manifest that? Because I think I changed my mind. That's you a good answer, but a kappa. Really? A distraction. A it distraction. could be a distraction. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, it, not, it doesn't have to be, but for many it will be. It takes a lot of work to run a big empire. Uh, so you wanted the time to focus on mostly you. And there's a few distractions in there, which I'll talk about in a moment. Okay. But you've done that in the past. You, you've done that. You've, you've had armies. Crap. I mean, you've, you've had empires, truly. And I mean, oh, for I, you. I, yeah. I, yes. Yeah. So do you really want to do that again? No. N not anymore. Yeah. Larry, who's back there noshing, uh, you know, same way. Dear Larry has had lifetimes as a, as a grand army commander, military commander, lifetimes running huge um, uh, amounts of land, all the rest of this. So he goes back into this lifetime, having, yeah, being a big shot, you know, as you can see, and he said, no, I have the skill and the talent to do it, but I don't want to do it again. Let somebody else play the game. Every one of you has allowed yourself that space, safe and sound space, to be with yourself. Yeah. Now, once in a while you still try to get out there and do, still do too much, and sometimes you do a little too little, but you're allowing yourself that space. Yes. Good. Thank you. Next. A, few, a few more before we get on to the big point. <laughs> Why? <sighs> Bathroom's a nice place to go and what reflect. What was the question? <laughs> What's the question? Expectations of enlightenment. Uh, you're, you're teaching on the new earth. You're teaching all these angelic beings or uh, getting their, their gear on, getting ready to go down to earth, and you're kind of snickering to yourself because you know what it's really like. And there's, of course, they, they're all excited, and you're in some of the final preparations teaching them about the expectations of enlightenment. They're in an advanced course. You've told them all about the ways of humans, the odd and interesting ways of humans. But now you're saying, when it's your time after a few lifetimes, <laughs> and you go through this, uh, these different incarnations, and you're going to start to, what they call, waken up and become enlightened. And now you're telling them some of your experiences, your human experiences, with your expectations what enlightenment was going to be like. So you tell them 
that I was fairly clueless. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> I honestly did not know what to expect, but I knew that being human felt kind of strange. Yes. That feeling as a child when, uh, why can't I fly? I know I can, but I can't now. What's wrong with me? Yes. And... Uh, I guess enlightenment kind of told me that I could be normal again, which would be abnormal human. Hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Back to a natural state. Uh, yeah. th this is unnatural. This is a very unnatural. I agree. Because it's limited. Uh, yeah. So it's going back to the natural state. So if that was an – did you know that to begin with when you started this awakening thing? I, um, it was more of a feeling right. than a knowing. Okay. Because Good. it felt right to not be so human. Right. Good. Yeah. Good. So uh, how would we define this? Uh, uh, return to the natural state? That's very good. Yeah, I like that. Sure. I made it up. Yeah. Uh, is that, yeah. <laughs> it's my birthday. Lie to me. <laughs> so th then the question is, uh, have you returned to that natural state? Um, there does seem to be some uh, programming in the way yes. that uh, it appears to take time to deal with it. Yes. Uh, Why? Society, uh, mm -hmm. commitments. Right. Uh, material stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seems getting away. Yeah. And, and could I interject something else too? Oh, please. Is maybe you're just having kind of too much fun at it? Well, there is that. There is that. There is know, that. Because There's a lot of fun just being, just being. Yeah, yeah. You know, here yeah. and everything. Because when you're enlightened, obviously being goes away. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I agree with that. Uh, good, good. I, I'm not sure I meant that as truth either. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, because it really is kind of fun stumbling and falling on your face. And, it kind of is. Uh, it kind of is. But it, it does get old after a while, kinda too. Kind of does. Yeah. Kind. So uh, just out of curiosity, uh, there's been very few embodied masters. Most they, they leave right away. So let's say you're going to be enlightened at all. I'm going to be. Yeah. And oh yeah. And uh, are, you, are you are you not going to stumble anymore? Ah, uh, you and know. You don't think Jesus ever tripped over a rock at night and smashed his face? Uh, well, I could be the first. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've always had that tendency to be kind of. Uh, do you don't think seat. Jesus ever got some breadcrumbs in his beard and walked around all day and maybe a few <laughs> bugs in there and oh, they're just like drippy nose? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, you're probably right. He yeah. probably did, yeah. You know, I, I would think that the, uh, the embodied master just doesn't really care. He got a few crumbs in the beard, doesn't matter. Matter of fact, I'd almost bet you <laughs> that so many of you are actually going to do things deliberately. <laughs> like have a little smudge, you know, or like right, there, right there, and then people will, you know, all day long, they'll be kind of like, and you're like, 
you know, and, and, and uh, like, you know, wear two different color socks. You know, big deal. Or, or do things that you would otherwise normally maybe be a little embarrassed about. And actually, I think you're going to go out of your way to do some kind of crude and disgusting things just because you finally can. And you don't really have to care anymore, because if you're an embodied master, so what? So what? You got that spinach in your teeth? Instead of trying to get it out, you put some in the other to it. And you walk around all day smiling at people. And then you laugh to yourself where they're kind of like, And then a few will try to, you know, motion to you. <laughs> Truly, I, we laugh about it, but they'll get to a point where you're going to try to, <laughs> to because it's been so long in suppression and following the rules and not having spinach in your teeth that you finally can do it and you don't care. You really don't. You just let it be. Yeah, good. As a matter of fact, you use it kind of uh, as a, a little bit of a lesson with others to stop getting in such a rut. So what that you forgot to put your shirt on in the morning? <laughs> Next, expectations of enlightenment. Yes, a few more and we'll get to the point. Does that mean I can wear butt pads when I feel like it? Do you take it off? Yeah. <laughs> No, I kept them. <laughs> yes, Kathleen, expectations. What, 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 you had a lot of expectations of enlightenment. We talked about a lot of them. What were they? Yes, please. Well, this is more about having a soulmate. Yeah, yeah. That was an expectation that I can let go of. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you have the expectation of a soulmate? I don't know. <laughs> that was not me. Oh, oh that's, I like that. To Shumber, you're getting better. You're getting quick, quickly, very quick. Okay. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Yes, good. You you did that nosedive, My almost crashing and burning. My soulmate is me. Yes, but yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, but, it's me. But at first, you didn't realize that, and there was uh, desperately seeking Steve, uh, looking for that soulmate, and. Uh, then a lot of disappointment, my dear, a lot of heartbreak, and a lot of agony. I thought I found it. Yes. It was an expectation. Yes. That it was perfect. It was not perfect, because I was always looking for me. Yep. Big heartbreak, and we're actually going to lead into that in just a moment, but uh, something as deep as searching for your soulmate, and you think, you the human, think you are so right, so filled with truth, this is all that matters, this is all, if Spirit would just grant you this, and 
then you actually go, you project that out, go out searching for it. You even find somebody who's actually kind of dog meat, and uh, and (laughs) in your in your uh, imagination, try to create him to be this soulmate. You try to find excuses. You even start sharing stories of past lives that you had together that you really didn't have together, and trying to manufacture this thing. It's one of the deepest, truly one of the deepest. And then the disappointment. The disappointment that he isn't or she isn't what you thought. And he or she were just trying to steal a little energy or a little intimacy or a little little um, sex. Oh. Yeah, that, no, you're right. A little sex. I was going to say a little midnight at the oasis. I'm trying to be a little bit more. But sex as sex, whatever it was. Or. Or it had some truth in the moment. Uh, maybe you were together in the past. Maybe you have been together since a long, long, long time ago before Earth. But the, the interlude was just a part of the enlightenment, uh, assuming that it was a part of the coming to yourself. But it leads to some deep and dark disappointments in yourself. Why did I ever have these thoughts? What was I thinking? I'm all, I'm all wrong. You see, you start judging that. You weren't. You weren't. So, so absolutely, uh, yeah, having a soulmate and ultimately discovering, A, you don't need one. B, you are the soulmate. Now, I, I will tell you this. The, what does happen is once you come to that love of yourself, then, then you truly find somebody. They're not a soulmate anymore, but they're it's a being that you can enjoy life with in a free and open way without all the obligation, but then it's just pure fun. Yes. It will come. It will. One more? Sure. Expectations of enlightenment. Joshua, what were yours? Expected to be a bit uh, wiser and more perceptive. Yeah. Uh, define wise. Uh, what do you mean by that? Knowing why the whys and the hows of what's happening in my life or not in my life. Yeah. So uh, being wise and perceptive. Interesting, interesting. You're one who has studied much, much, much more than most anyone here watching and online. You have incredible intelligence, uh, very attuned brain. You're on this path of uh, studying uh, the physics, the cosmos, religions, metaphysics, everything else. What happened? Well, understood certain specific things, but. Not much more than that, and uh, for the most part, it just got less and less interesting. Yeah, and other things that happened that you know got you to say it's not about just studying it. You'll, you'll never, you'll never figure out God or yourself in your mind. 
cannot be done. Simply cannot. You can study, you can learn from the masters, you can learn from yourself, from your past lives, up to a point. But then it's about what you would call the heart. It's about allowing. It's about going to an entirely different level that's without limitations or explanations. It comes to a certain point in all of this. It, it, it cannot be and should not be explained. It is felt and experienced. So, boom. You had this incredible mind, powerful mind. Actually tried to use your mind for energetic manipulation. You come to a point, you hit that barrier. It basically doesn't work anymore. It's devastating to the mind, not to the spirit. Devastating to the mind to discover it doesn't know Jack. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> you go into despair. It leads to depression, mental depression, because the mind thought it was God, thought it was the highest order of things, and then it discovers it's not. It's not at all. It's highly limited. The true wisdom, my friend, the true wisdom and perception is simplicity. Is simplicity. Distilling everything down to its essence. It cannot be put into mathematics, actually cannot even be put into words or formulas or anything. Distill it down into simplicity. And simplicity, if you don't get heady about it, is simply, I exist. I am that I am. Then it's anything you want. You start thinking about it. You start trying to dissect it. What is I am that I am? How many syllables does it have? Uh, you know, what, what time is the best time on a full moon to say the words? You're gone. You can just be in the experience. I am that I am. So you gave yourself the beautiful experience of going out of your mind. Devastating at first. Beautiful now. Remember, simplicity. Ah, good. Thank you. Okay, one more. You're on New Earth. You're teaching. I'm having, I'm having fun. Good. Yes. I thought that I would be more like all of those ascended masters I read about. Huh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, yes. where Expo. were all the women? Best question I've heard today. The women. Now, two parts here. You say that you thought you would be like You're the masters of the past, the expectation <laughs> uh, masters of the past. Yes. 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 Uh, and Not true. Not true. Mm -mm. They're old and crusty. They, uh, they, <laughs> there are so much BS written about them. I found that uh, out. It's not true at all. Mm -hmm. And you're led to feel guilty if you say, Jesus had sex. Mm. Or <gasps> he wasn't even an ascended master. He was just a collective. He wasn't as good as an ascended master. Just a collective. He was just your potential. He wasn't a real being. 
it would be considered sacrilegious to say that, that and by the way, I'm going to make a statement, he's not an ascended master, some think that he is, but Muhammad, that, that he scratched his armpits and his groin. <gasps> and it's like, huh, you know, and, and he had really bad hair days. I don't care. And <laughs> some of my best friends are Muslim. <laughs> That's funny. They're coming to my party tonight. They're not drinking, of course, or having sex, but they're coming to my party. I like having them at parties because you don't have to give them a lot of wine. It's okay to laugh, damn it. It is okay to laugh. <laughs> so, uh, the old masters, oh, they did it so difficult. And one of my true desires is to have you get this junk out of your mind about, about Buddha or any of the others you, you have the altars, oh, altars, altars. I wish somebody would alter the altar, burn them down. You're, you're glorifying something, A, that's not true, and B, is really, really old. Yes. Just burn them all. Yes. If you're going to have an altar, put your own picture up there. May, oh. may seem a little odd, but at first other people walking into your house. And didn't that used to be a statue of Mary up there? And now you have your picture, but that's good. See, you don't care, and you don't care that you have spinach in your teeth either. Yep, I'm an ascended master. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> and no women, no women. What is that about? What is that about? Can, uh, can well, women, we're here now. Can women not ascend? Well, how come there's no you women? You've been following stories of masters who were men. What is wrong with that? His story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his story. Quan Yin, was she ascended? Was she a woman? Did she care? Oh. <laughs> there are more. First of all, more women in the old mystery schools that, that we had than men. Oddly enough, there are more ascended masters that came from uh, a life, their last lifetime, in the feminine body. Why is that? They could do it quietly because all the men were running around having wars or thumping their chest about Jesus, <laughs> and the women could just stay at home and you know take care of the the house, but really take care of themselves. There are more. Uh, you would say uh, uh, women, but they're not women uh, in the Ascended Masters right, Club. Although right. I kind of like that, I was a man. So, but there are more that came from women in feminine incarnations mm. because they could. They didn't have the demands and the pressures on them. Mm. Yeah, okay. and also it's a little. It's actually a little easier for women. Uh, the fe it's easier for the feminine energy. Yeah, a little bit more intuitive, and. Uh, Less rigid, yes, but have a bitchier time going through enlightenment. That was funny. <laughs> Is that true or not? Yes, thank you. Good. Okay, now uh, we're done with the uh, expectations. He had a lot of expectations of enlightenment, and if we sum these all up, most of them are on the board here, but it's you're going to be perfect. 
Everything is going to be great. You're going to have a lot of money. Everybody would like you. As it turns out, you have no money. Nobody really likes you. You're not perfect. And you're not going to be like the masters of the past. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Every one of them will tell you. Ask any master you happen to see. They're going to tell you that they're going to tell you that, <laughs> that don't do it like I did. That's what they're going to say. And they're, they're, they don't want you to go through the hardship. And it was a totally different era. Time was different back then, literally. I mean, time was different back then. Energy was different. Consciousness was different. Everything. They're going to encourage you to do it in a different way, hopefully without the degree of suffering and angst that they went through. So please, starting at this moment, drop the expectations of enlightenment. Drop them. Let them go. Let them go. When you do, then you can let the real dynamics of enlightenment start coming in, and as well as some of the joys of enlightenment. There are two uh, – so you say, so why am I not – why haven't I realized my enlightenment yet? Eh, a lot of reasons. But I'm going to say there's two that I'm going to ask you to really feel into between now and when we gather next month for our new series. By the way, I'm going to call it the Discovery Series. You're going to start discovering how enlightened you really are. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. In other words, again, we'll less talk, more fun. Uh, uh, yes, definitely. There's two major dynamics at play right now, and you're playing into both of them, that are causing some of this anxiety and turmoil and feeling stuck. There's two major ones. So we've been talking about expectations. Would you write that uh, expectations on the next sheet of paper at the top? Expectations. The next one I'm going to ask you to really look at between now and our next gathering is the aspects that you have created, sent out there, in your search for enlightenment. You created them a long time ago, uh, past lives, but a lot of them really brought forth into this lifetime. You've created not just one, not just two, but dozens of enlightenment aspects. So I will call these aspects of your expectation of being spiritual, of being enlightened, of being a master. I'll call them aspectations. It will help you to remember. It's my birthday. Please applause. <laughs> I get moans and groans. You have expectations. You have aspectations of enlightenment. These are literal aspects, many of them. And the interesting thing is they're not all in unison with each other. They're not all in harmony with each other. You have many different aspects, and I would like you to really explore these, because you have an aspect that still oh, just, just drives me crazy with you. You still sees yourself as a peasant being, the, the, the master as a peasant being in, in your crude clothing and no um, 
shoes on your feet and with a little tin cup begging from door to door, thinking, well, this, the master, the, the true enlightened being, uh, is, is, has poverty. It's the eye of the needle thing. You, got that, you, you accepted that somewhere along the line, some programming that went in. You accepted it then as your own, and you've carried it around. You have another aspect of enlightenment that has heard some of Tobias's words of mine and says, well, no, you need to be prosperous, abundant. What's going to happen? What happens with these two aspects? Like that. And the one saying, yes, but we should be abundant, and you kind of favoring that one. But the other one that's old and deeply ingrained that's saying, no, but we have to be poor. We have to be there to serve everyone else. Every, we have to take care of the world. And these are in conflict. You have the enlightenment aspects that say, I have to study. I have to know everything. I have to know all the philosophers. I have to know everything that Jesus ever said. I, I have to uh, know the, all of the world's religions. I have to. And you have the other aspect that says, none of it matters. None of it really matters. And they're having this. Sometimes it's a battle, and sometimes they'll just, the, the, the intellectual enlightenment aspect will start spewing out all of its mental stuff, facts and figures and dates, and trying to be condescending to this aspect that is looking for the simplification. And it will overwhelm that simple aspect with all of its intellect and how smart it is, and make this other aspect feel stupid. Like, oh, I guess I just don't know anything about life. I'm not worthy of enlightenment. You see, they're, they're battling back and forth. You have the aspect that says, enlightenment, I have the perfect body with a glow around it, of course, that never ages and smells like chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and then you have the, the enlightenment aspect that says, this physical body thing it is so temporary and really has been the limitation of my enlightenment. It's my physical that's keeping me from it. And another aspect that says, but in enlightenment I'm going to take my physical body to my third circle and to the Ascended Masters Club for Adamus' party, and those three are fighting with each other and battling. You have this, this, these aspectations of enlightenment. I'd like you to become aware of it. Now, the danger in that, or the difficulty in that, you're going to delve into it, into these aspects, feeling them. And Andra knows exactly what happens. They come in, and they try to they try to draw you into them, making you think you are them. So observe from a distance. Observe from a place of uh, neutrality. Don't get involved in their stuff. Don't get involved at all. Just observe how they work. Uh, yes, they are parts of you, absolutely. But you can observe them and see how all these aspectations your expectations of enlightenment are lingering around out there. Now, what we're going to do, what you're going to do, is integrate all of them. 
You're going to integrate all of them, not by force, not by intellect. You're going to integrate them by taking a good deep breath into the I Am. Take a good deep breath into you, into your truth, into the love of yourself. The way to integrate aspects is by loving yourself. You've made no mistakes along the way, none at all. You're going to laugh about that one day. You've made no mistakes. You've done nothing wrong. You don't have any bad karma, none of that. So you can, you're free to love yourself. There should be no guilt, no remorse. You're free to love yourself. So that is, those are aspectations or expectations of enlightenment. I bring it up now because, especially as we go forward into our discovery series, we don't want all those lingering around. We, we, want you to, we want you to be able to, A, identify them, see how they work on you, B, to integrate them by loving yourself, and three, uh, C, using the dynamics of all those aspects, because they have been serving you. They've been searching for variations of the truth. They've been searching into different potentials for you. All that energy comes and serves you. So next, and the more difficult one to talk about, is other people. Mm. 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 Oh, do we have to go there? You can't walk out now, Carrie. <laughs> Other people. I'm not going to be popular for saying this, but I don't care. Perhaps the biggest barrier to your enlightenment is other people. And well, others would consider that to be a very rough statement, uh, selfish, uh, uh, trying to break up families and all the rest of that. Families break up by themselves, regardless of enlightenment. That was funny. Um, it has nothing to do with enlightenment. It is other people, and more specifically, it is the people that are the closest to you – your partners and spouses, your children, your parents, your children, your parents, your children, your parents. <laughs> Your significant others, your sleeping mates, your bedmates, it is. Uh, those are those are the most. <laughs> those are the true. Uh, those are some of the most joyful things in your life, and also the things that are truly keeping you from the realization of enlightenment. So, what to do? Pack your bags, walk out, go live in the woods by yourself? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But start realizing from this moment on that these people who are the closest to you, these people that are the very, very closest, are the ones who you cast your imbalances 
You cast your fears, you cast your emptinesses, you cast your buttons onto them. You project your self, your imbalances, straight into them. And because they love you, they accept them. And by the way, you do it for them also. It's like they are your mirror, you are theirs. They have allowed you to throw your stuff onto them and have them play it back to you. They're some of your greatest teachers of all. But there comes a point where you should not cast yourself on others. So when I say it's when I say it's other people, the loved ones, the ones closest to you, it's actually you doing it to them. You putting your stuff onto them so they can play it back. They push your buttons because you gave them your buttons to push. They cause you the most heartache because you gave them your heart to play back to you. It's not that they're bad people. Actually, they're wonderful people, and they love you, and they've put up with a lot, just as you put up with a lot from them. But this whole practice of using other people to discover self needs to come to an end. Amen. Amen. <laughs> There's a revival meeting. Oh, amen. Amen. Everybody does it to everyone else. And, and by the way, that's the reason so many relationships don't work or don't last for a long time, because at a certain point you can't stand seeing yourself through that other person anymore. You blame them, of course, but you just can't stand seeing yourself through them. Or at a certain point you realize that, that you don't need to do that with each other anymore. So the question comes up, is there hope for true genuine and pure relationships? It's up to you. It's up to you. But most relationships with any humans are, are this game of projection, casting yourself into them – like a fisherman, but casting yourself into them. So as we are in this discussion of expectations, I'm going to call this caspectations. Would you mind writing that? Because they are also your cast, like a cast of characters in a play or a television show. They're your cast. They're your characters. But there comes a time when it becomes a one-woman or one-man show. You're on your own. It's your stage. No longer using other. It's you standing on your own, in the I am presence of yourself. When you get to that point, when you can be truthful about it, when it's just the I am on the stage, not this cast of other humans that you've surrounded yourself with, then you realize something beautiful, that there is the cast of yourself and all the magnificent aspects that you've ever had, all the, the, um, the very integrated aspects, and you actually don't need the others. You don't need them in the way you've been using them in the past. So here's the dilemma. You're with somebody. You have children. You have 
a mate, even parents. And there's this whole game that's been being played. You discovering yourself through them. And it has to come to an end at a certain level of uh, enlightenment or awareness. Now, there's going to be people that take this out of context, and they're going to say, Adamus is saying, leave your families, leave your babies, uh, uh, walk away from your uh, parents, don't take care of them. I'm not saying that. I'm going to be very clear about this. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, end the game. End how you use others to see yourself. End how you use others, whether it's guides or angels or other humans or any of them, for the helping you to discover you. From this point on, it's you discovering you. can't do it through that husband or wife or through your kids or anybody else. When you make that choice within you that you're going to release that type of relationship, will it change? Will it, will it change the, the physical relationship you have with them? Energetic? Karmic? Will, will they walk out? Who knows? Doesn't matter. I'll tell you this you don't have to do anything. You don't have to go home and say, oh, Adama's pushed us today, now I have to make a decision. Should I leave my deadbeat husband? I'm not saying that at all. Just it's about you making the choice to change the dynamics, the caspectations of enlightenment. That in itself will change the dynamics of the other relationships. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to call the divorce attorney tomorrow. It will just balance itself naturally. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be some drama and turmoil, because humans are humans. And the minute somebody feels that this, uh, their hooks are being taken out of you, your hooks are taken out of them, they, they get upset. They get upset. What's wrong with you? What are you doing at that cult meeting? What are they telling you? you know, what, all these other things. That's when you take a deep breath. There, there could be some energy dynamic changes taking place. On the other hand, it could be the most beautiful thing, the most beautiful gift that you've given this other person or yourself. It's a release. It's a release from some very old energy bondages. It's probably, I would say, of the top ten issues, holdbacks, concerns about enlightenment. It's these other people. It's these other people. You don't want to do it because you're afraid that it may hurt them. You don't want to do it because there's been such a dynamic that you've had with each other for so many years. You may not be think that you're ready to get off of that. But my dear friends, as I said in the beginning, it comes to a point in your 
realization of enlightenment when there's not a lot of guides around anymore. It comes to a point where there's not a lot of friends like you've had friends before. It comes to a point where not a lot of other humans, relationships like you've had relationships. Doesn't mean they're gone, just means that they change. I can't tell you if they're going to leave or not. I can't tell you what happens. But this is the point where you take a deep breath and you assume it's about enlightenment. And you assume you're doing it in the greatest love, first of yourself and then of the others that you've shared love with. This is the point where you assume and you trust that it's the joyfulness of the I Am. Let's take a deep breath with that. We come to the end of the Freedom Series. Let's do a, just a short mirab for freedom. Let's have the lights down, a little mirabi music in the background, if you would, John. Mirab, such a beautiful time. We've kind of built up the uh, energies today. Such a feeling in the room. Now we can just take a deep breath. Now you don't need to struggle with anything. You don't even need to think about what we talked about today. You don't need to work at it. You don't have to study it. No begging for it. Mirab is a beautiful moment where you just allow. There's no manipulation of energies. It's just taking a deep breath. These past ten childs we've talked about freedom. Actually, we've really talked about limitations. Over the ten challenges, just lovingly, one by one, releasing limitations. Oh, it can be absolutely terrifying at times, but also so liberating, so freeing. about freeing ourselves from the limitations of the human mind, the human aspect, such a loving being that human aspect is, so resilient, oh, so wanting to do the right thing, but feeling in the darkness about what the right thing is. What do we do? We free ourselves of that human aspect or its limitations, allowing that genuine love that the human has to integrate back into the I Am. I can't think of any beings anywhere in creation 
have more love than what humans have, but yet have more conflict with love, more challenges. Probably because the human being, so loving, so truly wanting to do the right thing, that they ultimately judge themselves so harshly, set their standards so high, are so affected by failures, what they call failures in love. Yet all the time learning more and more about love, more and more about love than any beings anywhere. Here we are coming through the Freedom Series. Gave you an opportunity to look at the things in your life that have kept you limited. Some of them have been fun. Some of them have just been so limiting. Keeping you from feeling and experiencing the true I am here within this embodiment. So frustrating to have those limitations. Some of them, these limitations feeling like they're permanently attached to you. Let's take a deep breath into the true freedom. Freedom, enlightenment, they can be used interchangeably. Just feel in for a moment. I, I asked you before, when this all started, this spiritual path, this awakening, maybe 2,000 years ago, 800 years ago, doesn't matter. What was it? What happened? What got you asking why and how? Something not many humans ask themselves. What got you asking why? you're asking, who am I? That, my dear friends, that was an aspect. Oh, it was true. It was a very valid question or questions, but it created an aspect. Where's that aspect now? Where's that part of you that went out searching? Can it come home now? 
come to you now. Can it come into discovery? No longer needing to be out there wandering the celestial corridors. it come home now to you right now in this body and start the discovery kind of like just walking right into you together let's discover together no more endless searching and wandering let's just be in the experience of the I am free beings Enlightened beings. By the way, enlightenment doesn't mean the end of a journey. Enlightenment is just the awareness of the journey, of the experience. Enlightenment doesn't mean it ends, it actually means the fun begins. And we'll do that as we go into our discovery series. Let's take a good deep breath. Ah, good deep breath. All those expectations of enlightenment. <laughs> those people in your life seeming to hold back your enlightenment, at least a good excuse. Time we move beyond that, free ourselves of that. Take a good deep breath. My dear friends, Andra will breathe out with you in just a moment. Me, I've got a birthday party to attend. You're all invited. Find your own way there. It's at the Ascended Masters Club. Your name is on the list. And remember, as you're making your way there through the cosmic byways, remember that all is well in all of creation. And so it is. Thank you. And happy birthday to me. Feel this moment, this exquisite love affair, 
Will you let you sink into that pool of amazing love? This love affair Adamus has been adding to it, your soul adds to it. It's right here. Will you breathe it so deeply with you, falling so in love with you, into the compassionate love so beyond the mind? Feel this. For the compassionate love sees you through the eyes of adoration, the grand, grand gift that you are. Not when you change, but just as you are. Breathe. Breathe that so deeply, this beautiful, beautiful love affair, breath at a time, breath at a time, celebrating, celebrating joyousness, a birthing of you, celebrating the grand one that you are, breath at a time, breath at a time, for the joy, for the joy, the bubbling joy of living. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for listening or viewing the Adamus Saint-Germain channel. We hope you enjoyed it. Whether you were watching from thecrimsoncircle.com, listening from thecrimsoncircle.com, The Awakening Zone, or Blog Talk Radio, any of these sources, we look forward to seeing you again next month, if you choose. That will be September 7th, same time, same place. And don't miss David McMaster's show coming up on August 14th on The Awakening Zone. So, once again... Thank you all for being here. We hope to see you again soon. We hope that your travels on enlightenment are exactly what you choose. Uh, thanks to Norma for the breathing, David for the opening, and we have some music on the way out. That'll be She's Real by Nick Yarada. Thank you all. And happy birthday, Adamas.